ladies and gentlemen, it's my honor and privilege to bring up tonight Pastor Marlin, a.k.a. AKA uh, uh, what's his name? What's Steve Hardy. Pastor Steve Hardy. There we go. Gave you the Barry White voice. That's yeah. awesome. What's going on, Cleveland? All right. All right. I am excited to be here. Give it up for Jesus. Come on. All right. All right. All right. Yeah, I'm sore, man. My, my wife, she took me, made me go to the gym today. Yeah, I fooled her in 2016. I didn't look like this. And so she's been working me out lately. So uh, we went to the gym today. It's awesome. I had a, an awesome time. What was it last week I went on uh, a sweet trip? We went down to, uh, to Florida on two wheels, you know. Um, I just got a bike, and, and so went riding and we drove down to North Carolina and then we took the bikes off there and we went to Florida and you know those bikes the Harleys are heavy and this has nothing to do with my message but <laughs> those, those bikes are heavy and uh, um, when you're riding a motorcycle like there's a you know you have your clutch and um, when you have that clutch all the way out it releases power from the engine to the drive system and when it's all the way in there's no power being released to it, right? And so when you, when you, you let that clutch out slowly, there's a, a, a certain point that's called the engagement point. And, 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 and that right there in between, when you have it all the way in and when you have it all the way out, uh, that's called the uh, friction zone. And, and what that does is the bike weighs about 900 pounds. And so when you're trying to push that bike, especially me, I'm only five foot six and so I'm I'm literally like this, you know, I got to drop my bike, but um, you, it's hard to push that 900 pound bike. And uh, the friction zone, when you're in that, in the bike world, what that's called is walking with power. Because once you're in that friction zone, it releases a portion of power back to the wheel and, and you can start walking with the bike, this 900 pound bike, a little easier. And so that's called walking with power. And the Lord just, just gave me that walking in here today. This is why I'm telling you this story, because I feel like somebody is, is, is there's a heavy weight on them right now uh, at, at work, at their job. And, and he just wants you to know that, you know, I think Galatians 5.16 says that, uh, but I say walk by the Spirit. He wants you to know that this is the year that things are going to turn around and you're walking with power this year. Okay? You're walking with power. Amen? All right. Um, so, hey, joy is your compass and Jesus is your destination. All right, let's pray. Father, we surrender this time to you, God. Um, we surrender to your leading. Father, I pray that you would open up our ears to hear your word, God, and that you would open our spirits to receive it and to digest it, Lord. Come in and do whatever it is that you want to do right now, Jesus. We don't want to leave out of here the same way that we walked in, Father. We surrender it all to you. We love you and we bless you in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen, amen. amen. All right, well, Alexander the Great was one of the greatest military generals who ever uh, lived. And one night, he uh, couldn't sleep, and so he got up and he was walking around the encampment. And he came upon a soldier who was supposed to be on guard, but he was sleeping. And so Alexander uh, shook the soldier, woke him up, and immediately the soldier looked at him wide-eyed because he recognized him, and he knew that 
falling asleep on posts right now. We are leaking. Uh, <laughs> falling asleep on posts could be death, right? And so Alexander kneeled down and looked at the kid, and he said, what is your name, soldier? And the kid looked at him, and he said, Alexander. And he said, I'm going to ask you again, what is your name? And he said, Alexander, sir. He asked him one more time, and he got the same reply, Alexander. And so finally, Alexander the Great looked at the young man, and he said to him, Soldier, either you change your name or you change your conduct. The title of my message today is Walk Worthy. Let's go to Ephesians 4, 1 through 2. It says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called, with all lowliness and gentleness, with long-suffering, bearing with one another in love. The book of Ephesians is broken up to, and I know Pastor Dom just went through a series, or he's still in a series right now of Ephesians. It's broken up into two sections. And in the first three chapters, Paul writes to the church of Ephesus to tell how God sees us and, and what he's done for us in Jesus. How we were once dead in trespasses and sins, but by the Spirit of God, we're made alive. So in my case, for 41 years, it was like being in a dark room, and then suddenly someone just opened up the curtains and let the sunlight in. So what was once dark and dim in my life was suddenly illuminated. So we can be confident. I'm confident that God chose me. You can be confident that God chose you. Amen? We didn't choose him. He chose us. We were, we were all handpicked, chosen by the creator. He owns exclusive copyrights to, to each one of us. There is no, nor will there ever be, another pastor down. And so he chose us. And then we were, we were redeemed by the Son. He came down, wrapped himself in flesh, dwelt among us, loved us, died for us, rose from the dead, and now he's seated at the right hand of the Father, interceding for us. Praying for you when you don't even pray for yourself. When you hit snooze this morning, he was asking for grace on your behalf. So Jesus came and he redeemed us. And then the Holy Spirit seals us. He keeps us. He seals us. He keeps us until, until, the, until the day of redemption. No matter what you do, no matter what you say, no matter how you feel, if you are saved, the Holy Spirit keeps you until the day he comes back. Now, there's, there's some days, family, that I don't, I don't think saved. I don't, I don't feel saved. I don't look saved. But he still keeps us and guarantees that what he began in us, he'll bring to completion. 
So these three chapters provides us with this inheritance of being a son and daughter of the king. And so in light of those three chapters, chapter four has to do with our response. And Paul simply says, walk worthy. Walk worthy. We should walk worthy because of all the sales he could have chose, he chose you. We should walk worthy. We should walk worthy because of the sacrifice that was made for us. We should walk worthy because of how he keeps us and how he seals us. We should walk worthy. Our walk determines our character. Our walk just, it expresses our gratitude. It expresses our appreciation for the high price that was paid for all of us to be sitting in here tonight. The word walk in the text just means our daily lives. Because of all that he'd done, all that he gave us, and how he chose us and saved us, Paul's just saying, just, just live a better life to represent him well. Amen? The word worthy just means equal weight. Or heavy. Be a heavy Christian. Don't be so easily tossed to and fro. Right? Be heavy. We can't be, we can't be tossed around just because of our circumstances or, or, or whatever's going on in our lives. Equal weight just means that our conduct and what we profess should balance out. We should look like and sound like remnants of heaven. For us, this means that just our words, our actions, our character, our relationships, our lives should reflect the glory of Jesus. Amen? Everything we do should be done with excellence, done differently from everybody else around us who hasn't experienced the freedom found in the gospel. I used to be a bar rat in my 20s, and uh, I used to hang out at this bar downtown Lorraine, and uh, a guy named Steve used to come in every Saturday night because I was there every Saturday night, so I knew Steve was there. I knew Steve's family, and uh, Steve was a PK, and I was a CEO. So I knew Steve was a preacher's kid. I was only there on Christmas and Easter only. So, <laughs> CEO. So Steve used to come in. He was a good dude, man. He came in, and he bought... Everybody rounds, he sat and he drank with us. And I remember one night, Steve began to witness to me and he told me to come to, to his church. And don't judge me. I said, Steve, if your Jesus look like me and sound like me and drink like me, I don't need to come to your church to see him. I'll just wait for him to come back here next Saturday night and buy all of us around. We, we have to look different, y'all. Right? We got to look different. Our daddy is the king of kings, and we need to walk like king's kids. We can't act like, walk like, talk like this world. We need to be set apart. We need to be sanctified. Amen? One of the reasons that non-believers have a problem believing believers is because non-believers don't believe that believers actually believe. Right. 
We got to be heavy Christians, deep-rooted. They'll read our lives before they ever read the Bible, y'all. If you want to be a preacher, your life will be the greatest sermon that you'll ever preach. So you should preach. You should preach at home. You should preach at work. You should preach at the library. You should preach at the gas station. Let them read your life. The world is filled with people that will look at us and determine for themselves whether God is real or not based on their encounter with you. We got to live the gospel and not just profess it. You never know who might be watching you, so you need to walk worthy. You don't know who might be listening to you, so you need to walk worthy. You don't know who's reading your post, so you need to walk worthy. And everything that you do, you should walk worthy. Paul says, I beseech you. I beseech you, I beg you, I beg you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called. God's calling on our lives far exceeds anything that you could ever imagine. Our calling isn't one one special job we're supposed to have or a list of accomplishments or a career milestone to check off before we die. Your calling is a combination of gifts, passions, and a life mission. God has given each one of us to steward for his glory. Built into your salvation package is your calling. And God wants, us to, wants to use us to express to the world that there's a loving God who, see, who doesn't see social status, but sees the heart of his people. It's a privilege to be his messy little workers. A couple of things we should know about our callings. First thing is our calling has less to do with us and more to do with others has less to do with us and more to do with others. Most, most, our calling most time doesn't have anything to do with us at all. And that makes me sad because I love it when it's about me. <laughs> Romans 5, 1, I'm sorry, Romans 1, 5 through 6. We, we were first called to belong. We were first called to belong. It says, through whom? we have received grace and apostleship to bring about the obedience of faith for the sake of his name among all nations, including you, who are called to belong to Jesus Christ. We're first called to be the bride. We're called to belong to him. And that privilege of belonging to him carries a huge responsibility of sharing the message of of God's love, his forgiveness with others. It's to witness to other people. It's to be an example of a transformed life that Jesus paid for to begin in us. Amen? So it's not really about us. Instead, it's about the people that he sets in our path of becoming, that we're meant to to, to serve. And when we procrastinate, when we procrastinate on taking action and fully stepping into our calling, we keep those people that he put in our path, we keep them waiting. There's a generation, there's, not, there's generations that need us to walk in our callings. Amen? When we walk boldly by faith, we're, we're, handing, we're pulling them up and handing over keys to unlock doors that belong to them. We need to walk worthy, y'all. The second thing about our calling is our callings aren't singular. 
They're not singular. So living out God's calling for our lives is a journey. It's not just one destination. Our callings are a series of opportunities to glorify God and serve others over the course of our lives. There's different roles of service and different assignments for us to fulfill each and each season that all, I'm sorry, that are all part of his plan for us. 1 Corinthians 7, 17 says, but as God has distributed to each one of, as the Lord has called each one, so let him walk. So let him walk. Paul is telling us that becoming a Christian or, or being a Christian doesn't mean that we have to, to, to give up all of our relationships or, or quit our job, you know, or, 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 or move to a different location. God is the one who assigned us to these places when we were called to faith. We can do God's work and demonstrate our faith anywhere. Some of us are fulfilling multiple roles in one season. I know women in here right now that are that are that are are walking in their callings. They're a daughter, they're a wife, they're a mother, they're a sister, they're an aunt, they're an employee, they're a boss, they're a caretaker, they're an administrator, they're a cook, they're an educator, they're a babysitter, and that's before she even walked out the door. We can't wait to arrive at one calling to move to the next. Your calling is progressive, so we can't, we can't stand still in faith. Faith is action. Faith is just a long walk in the same direction to the cross. So we got we to gotta walk worthy. We got to keep moving. The third thing about your calling is that your calling is now. It's right now. You're calling it in something that you fulfill one day ten years from now. When we think of our calling like that, striving for a job position, and then someday I'll finally be walking in my calling, you're missing the point. You don't realize that God has a purpose for you to feel right where you are. we got to stop assuming that we're always in the wrong place or always stuck with the wrong person. Most likely, you are exactly where he wants you to be right now. we got an opportunity to walk in our calling every day. We'll only accomplish it when we realize that the purpose of our life is to honor, serve, and worship Jesus. That's what we're here for. Whatever God's got, whatever he's doing today in your life, it's just a building block for what he wants to do tomorrow. So I just want to share a couple things, a couple ways that we can walk worthy. First thing is we can walk worthy by bearing good fruit. Bearing good fruit. Colossians 1.10 says that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Last winter, uh, we had a heavy snowstorm and Pastor Lou put on, um, on Slack that we had like five elders that wanted to get, that needed their, their driveway shoveled, and he asked if anybody could help him out. And I wasn't planning on helping him out at all. But I told him I had a snowblower. I said, come on over and get the snowblower, and, and I'll help you load it in. And he came over, and uh, Pastor Luke can talk you into some things, you know. So I helped him load it. So he talks really fast. And so I helped him load the snowblower in. And... Um, you know, he said, what are you doing, man? You want to come? Oh, man, it's going to be awesome, man. You should come. You want to come. You know, and before, <laughs> and before I knew it, he borrowed the snowblower and he borrowed me. 
And so he, we drove off to Lorraine, and we started to shovel the five driveways. And we were alternating with the snowblower and with the shovel, so I would shovel, and then he would use a snowblower and vice versa. And so we did all five of the, the driveways, and after we took off, we went riding the Tower Boulevard. And off to the right, there was a car that was stuck off the side of the road. And Pastor Lou was like, come on, man, let's get it. Let's do that. And so he pulls over, and we jumped out the truck, and we went and we pushed this car out. It was a young girl. And while we were pushing her, a car across the street got stuck. And Pastor Lou, we got them out, and he looked at me. He's like, come on, man. This is what we do. Come on, let's go. You know? And so we walked over there, and there was a young man. We, we helped him push his car out of the snow. And we got back in the truck, and we took off down Tower Boulevard. We looked, there was a lady coming out of her driveway that was stuck. And so he stopped the truck again. I'm just a passenger. <laughs> and so we jumped out of the truck, and we helped her out of her driveway. We got back in the car. We drove down the road. There was another car stuck, and he went and looked at me, and I was like, I was all good worked out. <laughs> but good works are anything done in faith for the good of other people and for the glory of God. Bear good fruit. Our works don't earn our salvation. Our good works are a result of our salvation. It can be done by serving our family, serving friends, serving neighbors, uh, strangers stuck in snow. Doing it with humility, love, and gentleness, the gentleness of Jesus. Jesus was hardcore, y'all, but he was, he was gentle. Jesus was gentle. When everybody else shunned the Samaritan woman, Jesus intentionally made a detour and met her at the well and offered her love, truth, redemption, and acceptance. When everybody else told blind Bartimaeus to be quiet, Jesus stopped and offered him restoration, healing, and lifted him up. Jesus was gentle. We're obligated to bear the fruit of heaven here on earth right now. And not everybody is lovable. Some people you want to trip, but I got a couple family members that I trade in for a bag of rocks, but, <laughs> but the world around us doesn't see the gospel we proclaim demonstrated, walked out by genuine, converted lives and authentic community, then how will they ever know the reality of Jesus if they don't see it? This is why we are called. We're called, we're chosen, we're appointed by God to bear good fruit and show the love of Jesus. Amen? We can walk worthy a second way. We can walk worthy by increasing in the knowledge of God. Increasing in the knowledge of God. And we do this by centering our entire lives on the all-sufficient, life-giving Word of God. Every single day, you need to crack open your Bible. Every single day. You can't miss a day. I missed a couple of days last week on my bike ride and felt completely lost. I felt completely separated. Every single day, you have to get into the Word of God. It equips us. 2 Timothy 3, 16 through 17 says, All scripture is God-breathed and is use, useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, 
so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Our problem is that when we face crisis, any kind of crisis or problems, we often end up centering our lives on our own thoughts and our own emotions. We focus on the world instead of the word. The result is that we find ourselves listening to the voices of anxiety, of fear, of doubt, the opinions of other people. One writer uh, wrote that a church's worship habits may occupy two hours of a Christian's week. But podcasts, radio shows, news, social media, streaming entertainment, other forms of media account for up to 90 hours of their week. The media is just consuming and shaping us. And we're blind to it. We should be consuming, we should be shaping the world. We need to recalibrate or rewire our minds and build a system that supports our spiritual growth. Prayer and, word is where, and the word is where we start. And the knowledge of God, it's, it's, the knowledge of God isn't this big secret that, that only pastors, uh, 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 are, it's available to pastors. It, it's, it's your user's manual too. The knowledge we accumulate should repair us and give us a better direction in life. Whenever I start malfunctioning at home, Pastor Michelle tells me, here, you need to troubleshoot. (laughs) Marriages fall apart easier when we don't read and and follow our user's manual. We fall prey easier to the devil's deceptive ways when we're not in the word of God. And it's all laid out for us right here. We need to be devoted to devoting ourselves to reading, worshiping, and studying the Word of God, increasing and accumulating knowledge of who we are in Him, and allow that to determine your walk. The last way we can walk worthy is we need to walk in unity. We need to walk in unity. Ephesians 4.3 says, Endeavoring. Endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. Endeavoring. Like, do whatever you can. Do whatever you can. Anything that's under your control. Go out of your way. Be diligent. Endeavor. Work hard to keep the unity of the Spirit. We need to make sure that we're doing everything that depends on us. Make sure we're doing everything in our part to keep the spirit, to keep the unity of the spirit. The word keep tells us that we didn't create the unity. Holy Spirit did it through the word. See, we're mistaken if we think we created the peace. We can't manufacture peace. To keep the unity means to guard the peace the Holy Spirit already unified. We just keep it. We have to endeavor to keep the unity in our marriages and in our families. We can't allow the spirit of pride to cause disorder in our relationships, in our marriages, the Holy Spirit, or in our households. Pride can't share space with Jesus, y'all. So wherever there's, wherever there's pride, wherever there's error, wherever there's, there's fraction, it destroys godly peace. 
I declare every single day in my house that my house is a sanctuary of peace. There will be no division in the Sattler household. And in the same way as the body, we can't allow the spirit of division into the church. Coming to church, coming to the house of the Lord should be like a fighter going to his corner in between rounds. I don't go to my corner to fight. I go to my corner to get patched up. I go to my corner for healing. I go to my corner for restoration. I go to my corner to be told I can fight another day and win. The body of Christ needs to be like that corner. That's the corner that we run to when we, when we down and we need lifted up. That's the corner that we run to when things are good because these are the people that are going to celebrate with me. In this corner, we worship together. This is the corner right here that we fellowship together, that we celebrate with, one, with each other. Again, we can't, we can't manufacture unity. We won't always agree. There's probably somebody in here on Sundays who are telling Pastor Dom, I, listen, I paid $15 and I don't really agree with gray carpet. I bought three squares. I want it green, and you never even called me and talked to me about it. We won't always agree. But Paul and Barnabas agreed to disagree, and they went their separate ways, and God still used that for his glory. He squeezed out the book of Mark. But nothing witnesses to this world better than for them to see the unity of this church. It's like going out and seeing a happy couple loving on each other in a good way and your relationship kind of sucks and you're thinking, man, I wish my relationship was like that. That's how the world should look at the church. That's how they should look at the body. It's peace that binds us and our peace is only found in Jesus, amen? He made peace, he preached peace, he gives unity in peace, and he offers a gospel of peace. I declare today that this house will continue to be a house of healing, a house of hope. So let's endeavor to walk worthy and keep the unity of the Spirit. Stand with me as I close. This week, y'all, be heavy Christians. Be heavy Christians. Be deep-rooted. Don't be tossed around because of your circumstances and your situations. Remember God's undeserving mercy towards you and remain steadfast in your joy. Walk worthy with Jesus, fully pleasing him in every single way, representing heaven well in all that you do, and be passionate about displaying and sharing the gifts that the God has blessed you with. Be passionate about it. You never know who you're going to run into at the store who might just need a smile, who might just need a hug. We don't know what anybody else is going through. So walk in your callings. Walk worthy. Take action and step into your calling at home. Step into your calling at work. 
step into your calling at school. Take advantage of every opportunity to bear fruit and display authentic community with somebody this week. Build a system that supports your spiritual growth and walk worthy. Amen? So Jesus, we love you. We thank you, God, for choosing us. Thank you, Jesus, for redeeming us. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for keeping us, sealing us. We declare this week, Father, that we'll be heavy Christians. That we'll be weighty. We'll be deep-rooted. I pray, Father, that you would open up our eyes, God, and help us to see what you see. I pray, Lord, that our hearts would hurt for what your heart hurts for. Jesus today that we would endeavor to keep the unity of the spirit in our families, in our marriages in our friend circles help us to increase in the knowledge increase in the knowledge of your life giving word Lord I pray Lord that we would turn our backs on this world and seek you Jesus we love you and we bless you in your mighty name we pray. Amen? Amen. Amen. We're going to have some of our uh, altar ministers and pastors come up here. If you need prayer, come this way before you go that way. If you've never started your walk with Jesus, or maybe you just took a break and sat on the bench for a while, today, come up for prayer and ask him into your heart. Amen. We would love to pray with you. Remember to live right, love everybody, and pray hard. We'll see you guys on Sunday.